Welcome to the Pact Podcast. I'm Stacey, a sales enablement manager. And I'm Rich, and I'm a product manager here at Pact. Today, we're going to hear from Victor Farsik, who is a DevOps expert and author of the DevOps Paradox. To those inside the community of DevOps practitioners and consultants, Victor is a pretty well-known figure. But even for those less well acquainted with DevOps, what he has to say is still important. So the reason for this is that DevOps today is vital to thinking about how we build software. And although it's typically been seen as a job role, and you don't have to look too hard to see DevOps engineer on job boards and websites, it is, in fact, a philosophy that provides some foundations to a world where everyone is much more accountable for how the code they write runs in production. In this episode, we spoke to Victor about a huge range of topics, from the relationship between containers, microservices and DevOps, to the extent to which we should see DevOps as a specialised field. So let's listen to what he had to say. My name is Victor. I'm uh, actually recently switched to, I'm a developer advocate now. And I tend to change my job every once in a while. I get bored. Before that, I was in professional services. I was a developer. I was a team lead. I was, I don't know, many things. I get, as I said before, I get bored often and quickly. So I change my roles uh, as often as well. But lately, I've been mostly, last couple of years, I've been mostly interested in um, distributed systems, in Kubernetes, in continuous delivery, things that normally people today bundle into the term DevOps. What is DevOps? How long has it been around? How has it changed and developed? Like you say, it's it's a word that we kind of just throw around and it actually means quite a few different terms and, and tools and frameworks. So what actually is DevOps? Yeah, so that depends. It can mean everything and nothing in a way. I think that initial idea behind DevOps was trying to remove the barriers between developers and operators. You know, with, with Agile movement, we managed to somehow unite developers, testers, and business analysts into, into unique and, and cooperative teams that work together and all those things. And then uh, we were ignoring operations and sysadmins and all the, the rest of the people that come in the second half of the life cycle of an application. So uh, I believe that that's the major main goal behind DevOps to bring people that we are we tend to somehow ignore into into those teams and create self-sufficient teams that are capable of doing everything from the beginning meaning from gathering requirements developing testing all the way until it is deployed to production it's i believe it's about creating self-sufficient teams or at least increasing cooperation between those two distinct groups now that's what I believe it is. That's what I believe is the initial idea behind the movement. However, in reality, that got perverted. I work with a lot of companies. I do consulting for a lot of companies. And every time I visit a company and they say, yes, we are doing DevOps and I ask them, what is DevOps? And I always get a different answer. Uh, for one company, DevOps is renaming operators into DevOps engineers. For another company, is changing the title of self uh, of uh, shared services team for a third company something else so i believe that since there is a no clear definition apart from let's work better together devops ended up being uh, whatever anybody wanted it to be and uh, i'm not sure how how good that is because then we everybody claims that they're doing devops just by renaming their roles into devops something that makes sense. Thank you. One question, actually, on what you said, you kind of talked about kind of agile and kind of the movement into DevOps. 
and then he also kind of talked about we sort of how we kind of have ignored sort of uh, more like operations and sysadmins. Like, what what do you think the reason for that was at the time? At the at the time, I think the systems were quite different. Like uh, 15 years ago, or were almost 20 when when agile movement became a thing. The situation was quite different. We were not talking about the scales scales that we are talking about right now. We were not dealing with hundreds or thousands of servers. High availability was not uh, that important. Fault tolerance was not that important. Many of the things that we considered important today were not such a big of a deal for most of us 15 years ago. Uh, so uh, I believe that uh, operators kept being small in number and then somewhere else separated. And when Agile kicked in, we thought that oh, all we need is a bunch of the coders and the testers and some project manager that we're going to rename those roles and then we're going to have agile teams being self-sufficient and delivering something on every iteration. And we kind of forgot, I believe, that it's, it's like, you know, having a huge party that lasted for 15 or 10 years. Nobody thought that we should invite those guys as well, that they're important, which is a huge omission, I think, which when I say nobody... Everybody forgot about those people. It's not that that's really true. We have Googles and Apples and, and all those cool companies. But for majority of us, they stayed somehow isolated because I believe that most many people did not think that that's important. It sounds like what you're saying is it's really kind of just about the way infrastructure evolved and um, how it kind of brought different roles into play in a different way. Is that fair? Yes, that's all part of the evolution. Like we did not have cloud 15 years ago. Nobody knew about it and uh, things were not so dynamic and so on and so forth. Simply, I think that we evolved this industry. And I must stress actually that I don't even believe that DevOps is any different than Agile. It's just that I believe that every once in a while we need to change a name for the same thing because people forget what it really was about and completely pervert that that story but but essentially it, it is all about working together as a team and we, we can equally apply that to both agile and devops that's a really nice way of thinking about it i think it's i think a kind of maybe a good way then of sort of tackling it's kind of the next question which is more around um like tooling i guess um so what would you say the kind of key sort of i guess tools but also like technologies as well more broadly what would you say they are in devops and, and kind of how have they sort of evolved over the last, I guess, decade, really, um, and changed the discipline? I don't believe that there are really DevOps tools. I, I, I believe that we are all riding the wave and then using that as a marketing term, me included. I, I brought, I don't know, six or seven books so far with the title DevOps Toolkit something. What I do believe is that even though there are not tools that are specific to DevOps, I do believe that a lot of new tools were born out of teams that are applying those principles. And then we are trying to adopt those tools and then we realize that we cannot adopt those tools because they were designed to serve purposes of those teams. And if we don't change how we work, if we don't change our culture, our processes, then those tools do not really fit what we're doing. And if you look at it that way, then yes, those tools are Kubernetes and service discovery like uh, ECD Zookeeper and uh, Terraform and Jenkins and quite a few others. But it's not that they are designed to be DevOps tools. It's more that they were designed by teams who applied those principles and hence engrave those ideas into those tools. And if you don't, if you don't adopt those principles, then those tools don't make that much sense. 
So it kind of sounds like people trying to do things and then tools become the sort of uh, a kind of symptom of that. And then it almost may, maybe what the kind of second step is that as those tools emerge, the term itself becomes more a way of marketing those tools. And then those tools are kind of then easier to sell to people not actually doing that yet. So it's almost like a cycle, right? Exactly. A tool is created by a, by a team of people who apply certain processes and those processes are a result of their culture. A lot of new tools that are cool and nice come from those agile and DevOps teams that, that are really doing things differently than others. And those differences are reflected in those tools. And then if we want to adopt those tools, then we actually need to adopt the same processes and the, and the culture that those teams that created those tools are, are using. And I guess one of the big things at the moment, Victor, is it's just all about cloud with containers and serverless. And how does DevOps and all that fit together? Like, is there space for DevOps to grow into that arena as well? Yes, definitely. I mean, I don't think that we can accomplish that agility, that that, that speed that DevOps is, is moving us towards without making a lot of changes. And, and some of those changes are cloud. We need to be so dynamic and, and so elastic and, and, and so much, so faster than, than, than we were before that without cloud, I don't think that that's possible. Now, where I do believe that many people make a mistake thinking that cloud is only public, I don't think that. Cloud is not only Amazon and Azure and uh, Google. Cloud can be on-prem, theoretically. Now, most people fail to do it, but that's, I guess, a separate discussion, but definitely I believe that today's combination is that everything needs to be dynamic, elastic, and so on and so forth. That means everything needs to be cloud and everything needs to be Kubernetes. And 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 all those things are results of the changes that we are seeing and then collectively calling now DevOps. Yeah, no, I get that. I mean, I, I guess the kind of question that I'm thinking about, and maybe it's the wrong question, is can you not do DevOps without cloud or can you not do cloud without doing DevOps? But maybe it isn't really kind of that sort of relationship, right? Look, you, you can do DevOps without cloud. You can do DevOps without anything. You can theoretically take a calculator and do, do Abacus and do DevOps, right? Uh, it's more like that, uh, that I don't see it being done in practice simply because DevOps is done by progressive teams that are moving forward and usually they're moving forward in many different directions and cloud is one of those. When you have companies that are more traditional and they're not willing to change, then usually that unwillingness to change reflects not only in one aspect, but in, in many others. So th- there is that correlation. It's not that you need to go cloud to do DevOps. You don't. But usually teams that are progressive, they, they adopt all those things and or, or none, right? Either, either we are stuck in status quo and then we are not doing DevOps and we are not going cloud and we are not adopting containers or we are. There, there is very little in the, in the middle that I've seen that I've been seeing last years. That makes sense, and it's good to kind of get your experience of that with businesses as well to see, you know, if someone's in the middle or or not implementing it all. And uh, the next question that we wanted to ask was, just do companies and teams actually get it, or is it still quite misunderstood? And if it is, and companies do think they're getting it, are there any big challenges that you kind of see over and over again? I think the major challenge is first to understand what DevOps is because it's not really even defined. You know, unlike Agile, and I'm making a reference simply because Agile, for example, had immediately after it appeared a lot of people creating and selling processes and what you must do and what you must not. And DevOps is more loose. So there is no really, nobody can say whether you're doing it or not. And, and, and that results in that 
uh, since there is no really strict number of steps like do A, B, C, D, then everybody basically adopted it. Everybody claims that they adopted it. But what I'm seeing on, 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 on the ground when, when visiting different companies is that actually I'm not yet seeing really any, any substantial change or very little of it. It's, it's more like that, you know, it, it's hip and, and, and it seems not, since it's not really well defined, we can, we can do whatever we want. Or in other words, we can do nothing and just put the sticker like DevOps certified and then employ a bunch of DevOps engineers, uh, which is again a term that doesn't exist and so on and so forth. So, uh, I, I really haven't seen much change. Uh, through DevOps, except at the moment we are, I think, still on a level of a lot of enthusiasm and, and, and mostly misunderstanding what it is and a promise for a brighter future. That makes sense. I, I guess kind of the question there is, is do you, do you think kind of a particular, uh, do you think it's kind of something that should be sort of built from the ground up? Is it something that kind of management or leadership have more of a responsibility to sort of develop within their culture? I mean, what's the sort of, who should be driving it, I guess? Yeah, so... I don't think that we should, it, it's, it's a drastic change and I, I don't think that it should be, that we should start by building it within our cultures. But what, what I've seen work much better is making it a separate parallel culture with a very limited number of people, almost basically creating a company within a company and then so that, so that they can move by their own speed and make their own rules. And once we prove that that works, then maybe start bringing though that newly created small tiny company within a company start extending only after that within 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 the general population well what i don't believe that and this is not really directly related with devops or, or any of specific movements i don't think that big bang works anywhere you, you know if you take a company like big bang with the 10000 employees and say now top management is going to decide that we are going to all to start doing this that always kill, uh, fails it needs to be, I think, a company within a company will probably be the best description. And then, then afterwards, we see how we can extend what we did to the rest. So it's almost like dedicating a kind of a team for experimentation to kind of innovate, try new things out. And that team must be not constrained with the existing policies. That's, that's the most important part. Uh, otherwise, they are going to end up in the same spot where everybody else is. That's why I'm referring almost as a company with a company, because if you apply all the existing constraints within a company, then uh, any attempt to change will fail because there are too many of them to, to succeed. So the next question, I think you've sort of already um, uh, touched on uh, with your opinion, but to what extent do you, would you say DevOps is a specialized role on, or is it actually something that anyone that writes code, anyone in software engineering should like actually do or think about? Yeah, it's, it's not a specialized, I don't believe it's a specialized role because if we accept the definition that DevOps is about better cooperation between developers and operators and having a common goal and working together and things like that, if, if you accept that as a definition, then it cannot be a special, specialized role because that role would mean, oh, I'm specialized in knowing how to do absolutely everything, which is kind of impossible. And, in that aspect, I think that many people confuse DevOps and SREs. SRE is a role and DevOps is, is a cultural change. So if it's a cultural change, it cannot really have a specialized role. There cannot be a DevOps engineer if, if, if DevOps is a 
cultural change. It, it just sounds silly and, and it shows misinterpretation of what it really is about. That brings us quite nicely on to the next question I was going to ask you, Victor, which was, um, what's the difference between SRE and DevOps? So with that description, is it, um, you know, like you say, DevOps is much more culturally a, a change for a business. Does that mean that SRE can then kind of sit within that change or, or what does that look like? Yeah, so if, if DevOps is a cultural change, and I believe it is, SRE is a technical or process-wide change. SREs are specific experts uh, in charge of specific things. They are people who make sure that our systems are always up and running. Uh, they are writing code that uh, helps them how to accomplish their goals. They are helping teams in charge of developing applications, how to think of those things from the very beginning, and so on and so forth. So SRE is a very specific role. We know what they do. We know how they do it and so on and so forth, while DevOps is a cultural change. So in that aspect, you can say that SRE is one of the new types of roles that we are accepting within a much broader set of changes and, and, and things uh, we call today DevOps. So they're definitely not the same and they serve different purposes. One is technical, the other one, and one is role and the other one is a cultural change. And SRE was born out of that change, even though it wasn't even born uh, called uh, DevOps at the time. That's really useful. Um, I've got a question on that, though. Um, so take your books, for example. I mean, do you have kind of someone in mind in terms of the job role that might be reading that? Or is it for anyone who considers themselves a software engineer, whether they're kind of a full stack developer, um, more on the kind of infrastructure side? I mean, how do you kind of see DevOps kind of being relevant or useful to individual developers that say might buy your books? I think it applies to everybody and you can you can actually even see that from from the people I interviewed is that they're all from very different backgrounds. Some of them are developers, some of them are CEOs, CTOs, some of them are uh, operators. So if, if you check the background of the people I interviewed you would get the impression that this 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 is for people from all types of areas, right? And and I think that that, ref, that should reflect on readers as well. It it is not really for any particular type of person. It's not kind of oh you need to be a full stack developer then this book is for you. I think it's a relatively easy read that applies to everybody and and, and really everybody can find. Uh, it's almost like reading Dilbert, just not that funny that, you know, everybody can find themselves in, in some of those conversations, if not all, I think. I think that's a brilliant description to say um, you can find yourself with Dilbert. I think that's, um, that is very relevant. <laughs> <laughs> um, just to talk a bit more about the book, Victor, um, what's what's its title? And, and can you tell us about some of the people you've interviewed just to kind of get a bit more of a sneak peek into that? So uh, the title is DevOps Paradox. And to be honest, there is a subtitle, but I'm not even sure that we made the final decision yet. But the big title is going to be DevOps Paradox. And, and it's called Paradox, I think, because what became clear after interviewing all the, even after the first couple of people I interviewed, is that everybody gives me completely different answers. And that trend continued across, across all the interviews. So everybody had a completely different view, even though most of those people are really leaders in, in, in the area one way or another. That's why we decided to call it paradox, because it's kind of paradoxical that, that you have something as popular and as, as widely accepted. And even people that are in the trenches and leading the movement in, in, in some way or another, are unsure what, what that something is and how to really define it. Just to follow on from that is 
kind of what does the book mean for like you know the, like you said those guys in the trenches that are actually leading um the change so you know for for engineers who are actually doing this day in day out I guess there's some inspirational stories in there for them to follow and and kind of get a bit of uh, energy from to to kind of get on and, and make that cultural change or the inspiration you will find all over actually it, it it's kind of I think that you will find mixed inspiration and, and despair. Uh, many of those interviews are with people who were in really bad spots and um, had bad experiences and then it became fine and the other way around. It's almost like a crime novel with many different suspects, I guess. You're really selling it. I do um, I do actually want to read it now to kind of see these twists and turns and, and see who succeeds and who might find it a bit more of a challenging journey. Yeah, no, I, I quite like that. So it's kind of this idea that I guess it's it's kind of a puzzle, right? DevOps is a sort of puzzle that nobody quite knows how to solve, but it's there anyway, right? Uh, but that's kind of, I think, a spirit of the whole, of industry as a whole, even that we're all trying to figure out things. That's our jobs are to figure out solutions, no? And, uh, and we are trying right now to figure out together how to work better. And we call that DevOps. And tomorrow it will be called something else. And we are going to, the only thing that is constant is us trying to figure out how to do things better, to be better, more proficient and, uh, more efficient and all those things. One thing I want to ask you about the interviews actually is, is there, were there any interviews that, were particularly memorable or where you kind of really disagreed with someone or someone said something quite kind of shocking, I guess. I mean, what were there any kind of that really stick out in your memory? Yes, and I will not tell you. Oh. Uh, we'll have to wait. <laughs> I, actually, I personally disagree with probably half of the interviews. I did not want to, I, I don't, I don't want to influence readers and sort of okay. start thinking, oh, if I read this guy, then actually that's the guy Victor completely disagrees with him and not the other way around. So that's why I'm not going to tell you because I want to, I want to let it, let people discover. And I'm pretty sure that they will agree and just as me agree and disagree with some and disagree with others. I just don't want to influence. And the second part of this question, again, what is more memorable again, uh, I don't want to spoil it. There are some of those people are my friends. Some of them I I, I didn't know before, and uh, I think that they're all good interviews. They wouldn't be in the book if if they're not memorable. All of them, I think. No, no. But so uh, I think we'll have to just uh, wait and look forward yep. to to reading them. Um, see if we can get a sneak preview at some yes, point. Yes, definitely. Um, so I, I guess kind of where I wanted to finish was maybe kind of more um, sort of technically. Um, I just kind of so I'll, I'll have a look at your previous book. Mm-hmm. Um, I think DevOps Toolkit, and I think there's a few iterations of that book, aren't there? Yes. But I kind of wanted, to, I, I was kind of having a look at it, and I wanted to ask you about kind of the, because you talk about infrastructure and deployments, and you kind of go through both of them at the start of the book um, in kind of detail, and, and I kind of wanted to just learn a bit more, because I, I don't know that much, just a bit more about how you kind of see the sort of relationship between the two things, and kind of what that sort of implies about DevOps and implies about sort of software engineering today, I guess. So it's, you know, the, the books that you mentioned, that was talking, all, all the books that I, not only books, but posts and stuff like that, I'm usually very technical and uh, almost everything I write is with a lot of code that you need, you can read only if you're in front of a computer. And, and uh, that was paradox is the first time I actually do something completely different. And it's and it's something that, that even I, I'm not really used to. And that's... Uh, a lot of talk, a lot of opinions without any code, without any practical examples. And 
the whole idea came by when I go to a lot of conferences. I, I speak in a lot of conferences. I attend a lot of conferences. And, and one day I realized with a few other friends there that actually none of us who are attending, uh, going to a lot of events are really listening to a lot of talks. We just uh, roam the corridors and then try to find each other and have interesting conversations because that's opportunity. You know, you're meeting with a lot of interesting people and you want to speak with them directly instead of listening to their talks. And and that's where where the, the idea was born. Kind of let's let's write a book that will be the same type of conversations that we are having in a bar after uh, after a conference where we we meet people from all all around the world, something like that. Uh, so it's 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 a very those two books are very different approach. One is very technical. The other one is more uh, verbal experiences from different people. And and I, and I wanted to really make the format like that as well. One of the things that I didn't do is, you know, like uh, you might have thought about a few questions before this very podcast that we are doing right now. But in case of interviews, I intentionally did not come up with any questions. There are, There is no agenda. There is nothing. You just let's have a beer and talk about random things the only relation between all of them is that it needs to be somehow related to devops and that's probably the only thing that is common to all those interviews that was a really fantastic insight into devops and i think as well victor provided a really candid take on the field as it exists today Yeah, and I think the one thing that really came through to me is that DevOps as a phrase or as a word is actually quite limiting. And as agile processes become the norm and as systems become more distributed and more cloud-based, it's going to be essential for everyone to have at least one eye on some of the principles of DevOps. I guess the hard thing there, though, is that there seems to be even more confusion about what those principles are. And perhaps it's only once we start to build better processes and provide people with the tools they need to assume accountability for their code that we're really going to see and feel the benefits of DevOps. So that's all for this episode and thanks to Victor for speaking to us and thank you as well for listening. Um, Remember you can buy Victor's book on the PACT website and you can get in touch with us with all your thoughts on today's conversation on Twitter. So just tweet us at PACT Pub. Until then, see you next time. Bye. Bye.